Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacob with the Future Tech Podcast. I have as my guest Stan Larimer, CEO of Cryptonomics. Stan, how are you doing? Yeah, very good. It's Cryptonomics. Cryptonomics. Uh, yes, uh, we... We were founded by Dan Larmer, who is the developer of BitShares, Steemit, and now working on EOS. So that's sort of our background. And Dan is, uh, you know, same last name as, as you. Is he, what, what relation is he to you? <laughs> He's my son. He's the inventor of all the technology. Uh, I'm just the person that uh, sustains it. We sort of like to say he makes the babies and I raise them. <laughs> Very cool. So tell me, what does uh, Cryptonomics do? Uh, Cryptonomics is a uh, company that started out with the purpose of creating bit shares, and then it became a, a incubator for new companies. We spun off Steemit under its own separate management, and nice. uh, since then we've been working to uh, do a number of different projects uh, that are based primarily on bit shares, which is where I'm mostly focused these days. Okay, so yeah, tell me a bit about BitShares and uh, you know what kind of projects that you're working on now. Okay, well, uh, BitShares is something, an idea that's about four years old. Uh, Dan uh, started out back in 2010 uh, working with, uh, well, he, we actually have recordings of, uh, on, uh, on the web of him talking with Satoshi Nakamoto about Bitcoin and pointing out really? that needed to happen faster than 10 minutes per block. And uh, so he's been in it a lot longer than me, but uh, he got the idea of changing Bitcoin into being just a coin and putting an entire company on a blockchain. And so that's what BitShares is. It's a complete digital currency exchange and smart coin factory. When you say... Uh out of curiosity, he talked to Satoshi Nakamoto. Was it just through email, or did he actually get on the phone with this this person? No, no. Uh, you can go to uh, Bitcoin Talk and look back in the archives where they, Satoshi was talking with different individuals, uh, and you can find ByteMaster posting in the forums, asking him questions, getting responses. Uh, so uh, my only point there was that he was in Bitcoin when Satoshi was still around. Oh, that's great. I, I just wondered because I know that people have corresponded with Satoshi, but I don't know if anyone's ever spoken to him, her, them, or it. So that's why I was curious. I wondered if uh, if he had actually spoken to, again, that person. 
or people? So. No, nope, just uh, carried on a forum conversation. Damn. Oh, well. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, so what kind of, uh, so tell me about, let's talk briefly about Steemit. How was that conceived and, you know, at what point was it spun off and, you know, how did that evolve from, from BitShares? Well, after BitShares was complete, Dan had some additional ideas and wanted to work on that. He's basically a blockchain developer, and once he gets the blockchain done, uh, he likes to hand the uh, the product off to a community so it can stay decentralized. Uh, he feels strongly that you're not fully decentralized until you let go of your project and walk away, and then the project is decentralized. And so uh, he did that with BitShares, went off and worked with another team, some of his previous team went with him, and they developed mm. Steemit, got that all up and running as its own uh, operation, which is basically a social media uh, website on a blockchain. So it's got its own mm. currency, and people get awarded uh, digital currency for publishing articles and, and critiquing the articles. And so instead of what Bitcoin would call proof of work being what creates the currency, the proof of work on Steemit is pretty much people doing the work of publishing articles for which they get paid. And that's how the currency enters into circulation. And then right, since I've heard that, Steam tokens, yeah. yeah. And since that, uh, once that was up and running, he turned it over to that team, which is still running it. And he's off with another group of people developing EOS, which is a essentially real-time Ethereum, fully scalable to infinity. And uh, so maybe you've been aware of the fact that during some of the recent ICOs, uh, Ethereum uh, basically slowed to a stop because mm -hmm. it was only able to print, process 25 transactions per second, which you know, is better than Bitcoin's three or four transactions per second, but not what you need to handle all the world's problems. And that's what uh, Dan's technology does is allow you to run uh, tens of thousands of transactions per second. Uh, that gives you a real-time blockchain that does transactions in less than three seconds, as opposed to maybe an hour, or in some cases, it took days for Bitcoin and Ethereum to process a transaction. So that's, I think, the real sweet spot of what Dan has done, is he invented the real-time blockchain. And that means transactions happen as fast as you can uh, spin a slot machine. Uh, you know, every time, less than three seconds, and it's done. And that was necessary to invent because you just can't put a exchange on a blockchain and have it take 10 minutes or an hour uh, to make a trade. So he had to invent uh, real-time technology to allow that. Yeah, very true. It's, it sounds like, you know, you said that, you know, they, you talked to Satoshi back in the day and you said, hey, 10 minutes for the Bitcoin blockchain was too long. And now it looks like he's found a solution to Ethereum to, uh, you know, make much faster transactions. So it sounds like the the big focus has been on speed and scaling from the beginning. Um, yes. Can you talk yes. about what mechanisms are used without getting too technical to allow much faster and much higher volume of transactions on any blockchain? Well, first thing you have to do is get rid of mining. Uh, the very definition and intention of mining is to allocate a period of time during which uh, a lot of supercomputers compete to find a magic number, and uh, when they find that magic number, then they get to sign the block and, and get the reward for that block. And so mining is designed to be slow 
uh, to allow time for that to happen. So the first thing he did was eliminate mining altogether, and then he went to work on a total of 12 different limitations that Bitcoin has. Uh, we talked about speed, but there's uh, also just the cost of operation. Uh, hundreds of millions of dollars are spent every year uh, paying for mining, and those miners then sell the coin into circulation. And uh, you know the distribution model is pretty much designed to support uh, those miners making money, and it doesn't mm. really help the industry. So he got rid of that and then optimized all the uh, computations to pack as many into a second as possible and uh, used a variation on proof of stake, which is basically proof that you've held, that you hold a certain number of the coins uh, as a, a way to sign the blocks more efficiently. So he could design it now so that uh, all of the nodes are able to take turns signing and no one or two or three nodes grab the lion's share, which is what happens in Bitcoin. There's about three big hardware companies and maybe three big mining pools that sign almost all the transactions. So while Satoshi designed it to be uh, highly decentralized to run on everybody's computers, what's actually happened is about six or seven people decide what the software should be. And that means that if you wanted to change Bitcoin, you'd only have to have a somebody coerce or seduce uh, just a few people in order to make that happen. So uh, Dan went to work to force it such that uh, no one node can sign more than 4% of the blocks, and that keeps it much more decentralized than Bitcoin. So you said it's not a purely proof-of-stake model. What model is it? What's the, what's the hybrid look like? Well, it's called delegated proof-of-stake, and that means that people vote for, with their stake for uh, which nodes get to sign the blocks. And then depending on how many they vote for, that determines the uh, number of nodes there are in the system actually signing blocks. There's a minimum, but no maximum. But we've found that about 21 is where you get, that's about how many people, voters can keep track of their reputations. And if you start having more nodes than that, uh, reliability actually goes down because people are voting for people they don't know very well. And uh, so mm. it's it's a model based on people delegating the stake that they have in their own wallet to select who they trust to sign the blocks. And that means if someone violates that trust, they can uh, be fired by simply removing votes from them. And it, once you lose your reputation, it's hard to get it back again. I'd like you to compare that to what happens uh, in Bitcoin. If a particular uh, factory full of computers is mining for Bitcoin and they go rogue, uh, there's nothing you can do about it because all that hashing power is still there giving them a vote in how the network runs. There's no way the people that own Bitcoin can fire a big mining operation. Um, theoretically, uh, the mining pools that people sign up for to pool their resources to mine uh, work a lot like delegated proof of stake. They're essentially voting for uh, a pool operator to sign their blocks for them. But we learned uh, early on that when you mix that profit motive, people will go with the uh, pool that is most profitable, even if they know they aren't even signing any blocks, even if they know they're cheating 
they will still do that. Uh, and we experienced that back when we were using that method. So in this mode, we separate the voting for who you trust from any financial incentive. And that's another piece of it. So it's a complicated thing. But if you don't mind, uh, there's much more important things to talk about than than just these technical issues. Uh, I'd like to give you a little, if I could, uh, view of what we've got on tap. Yeah, tell me. Definitely. Let's go in that direction. Okay. Well, uh, one of the things that we noticed is that uh, it is possible, and everybody's noticed this, that's probably why they're interested in digital currencies. If you happen to pick a really good digital currency, you're rooting around in all the little ones that are unknown, find a real gem, and then invest in it, people have become Bitcoin millionaires. And in fact, we've seen Bitcoin do the amazing thing of inside of three years, uh, go up three orders of magnitude, a factor of a thousand in value. And everybody looks at that and says, wow, I got to find another uh, another coin to invest in or another blockchain that will do that same thing. It's not likely once you get as big as Bitcoin that you can go up another thousand, right? I mean, right. so you got to find something that's a penny stock and start with it and, and write it again. And people saw that happen with Ethereum, where it basically, it's not quite uh, going to make a, a growth by three uh, factors of 10 in two years, but it's going to come close. And so now people are looking around and saying, well, what's next? What should I invest in? And we recognize that if you've got a really good uh, quantum leap of uh, capability and are able to market it, then you are actually better positioned to do it at 1,000x growth than Bitcoin or Ethereum were. And so that's what we've been working to achieve. And what we've actually done is, is announce a billion-dollar prize. We've put aside a million dollars worth of bit shares and uh, challenged the world to come help, come learn how to use it and uh, help us drive up that utilization to grow that prize to a billion dollars, at which point it will be given to the top 12 good causes in the world that people select who are on the teams. So we have a number of celebrities and we expect to have a lot more who have agreed to lead a team uh, of all their fans and friends and networks uh, in order to compete to win one of these 12 prizes. The top prize is $300 million, and it goes on down to 12th place, pays $10 million. So with this mechanism and with the fact that we're the only real-time blockchain out there, so we can do what Bitcoin and Ethereum can never do, which is scale to handle all the world's transactions. So the combination of having that value proposition and that mechanism for attracting and engaging uh, you know, all the world's populations to get behind their favorite celebrity for their favorite cause, uh, we believe we can basically use the 1,000x growth motive as a way to raise money for a lot of good causes and in the process uh, drive adoption into the mainstream, which is something else that hasn't been done. Uh, we, we have early adopters picking up digital currencies and using them people that want to speculate or people who love technology, but the average man in the street hasn't been able to do that. And so this is a way of engaging 
ordinary people on a level they can identify with in order to help make BitShares be the next 1,000x growth. And uh, that we expect to break Ethereum's record and Bitcoin's record in terms of time to reach the top. That's one of the things we're excited about. There's two more. Okay. Okay. Uh, One of the uh, other things that we are uh, looking at, uh, uh, another technology that allows us to produce what we call smart coins. A smart coin is uh, a coin that's got a built-in smart contract that allows it to be a function of some other coin that's locked up as collateral. So we have a new coin called the Hero, which is backed up by BitShares, twice as much collateral as uh, as the value of the coin itself. And what that extra collateral does is it makes up for the difference. Uh, if the coin rises, if BitShares rises in value, uh, then the person that put up the collateral makes money. If it falls in value, they have to give up some of their collateral to keep the hero pegged at its stated value. So we get a stable coin that some people want uh, called the hero, which rhymes with euro and peso. It's, a, it's intended to compete right. directly with, with fiat as opposed to competing with Bitcoin. But it's stable, and it's actually got a little bit of a fancy smart contract. Uh, it's defined to appreciate at 5% against the dollar since December 23rd, 1913. I don't know whether you recognize that date, but that's the date the Federal Reserve started printing money and driving driving the value of the dollar down to 2% or less of what it was in 1913. Whereas uh, the definition of the hero is to grow 5% faster than the dollar all that time, which means it didn't lose value. Uh, It is now worth about three and a half times as much as the dollar was worth in 1913. Uh, and the current price is uh, getting close to $160. So you can buy a hero if you're a conservative person and just hold on to it, and it will appreciate at 5% per year. And that's even better than having a 5% passbook savings account because it's not paying interest, which would be ordinary income. It's appreciating, meaning it's capital gains. So you get a little bit of a tax break uh, from holding the hero which makes it a better deal than a passbook savings. And I don't know when the last time you could earn 5% on a savings account. You know, these days, it's a fraction of a percent. And uh, so we think yeah. that that yeah. is something that's going to be of great interest to mainstream. So you combine our Billion Hero campaign, drawing people's attention to the fact that they can get a very secure, stable digital currency and teaching them how to use it and then at the same time, making available the other side of that, which is the ability to buy bit shares and participate in that factor of a thousand appreciation that we are uh, engineering through excellence and through uh, great marketing. And uh, you get the ability to essentially uh, get two times the leverage if you're a, a bull on bit shares. And so two kinds of investors can benefit out of all that. And that's just the second of my big three points. Got one more to go. Well, quick question um, about what you said so far. The uh, the campaign, the billion dollar campaign, where people can uh, essentially invest with with causes they believe in. 
what do you think some of the initial causes will be? What are they? You know, at what stage are you at with that initiative? Well, uh, there's all kinds of causes. There's an individual uh, in, in South Africa that is passionate about uh, bringing prosperity to the entire African continent. And uh, so he, he wants to lead that whole group. We have another leader of uh, a whole bunch of indigenous peoples uh, that are nations that are autonomous or semi-autonomous all around the world. Uh, he's been doing a lot of very, uh, very big uh, contests and games to raise money for his people. He wants to unite them towards winning uh, one of the big prizes for his people. We got another major uh, leader of a Hispanic community who wants to bring about uh, improved remittance functionality for all of the Hispanic Hispanic people around the world, especially in North and South America. Uh, we have another one that is very interested in producing a product that would support uh, the senior citizens uh, organizations like uh, AARP uh, by, pro by providing them with uh, access to uh, 5% secure savings accounts. So that is some uh, examples of the type. Uh, another one that, that wants to deal with uh, uh, other well-known charities. Uh, I'm not announcing names until our PR leader tells us it's time to talk specifics, but right. that's an example of good causes. Now, let me flip it around and say I've also talked to people that run companies that specialize in marketing who say, I'm going to demonstrate that my marketing prowess is so good that I can win one of those prizes uh, for my company, just pure capitalistic, uh, you know, we're going to demonstrate uh, how good we are at United People Around the Cause and, and teaching customers about new products. And uh, we're going to win the prize for ourselves. And we don't care whether uh, people vote for us for any other reason than we provided them a good service. So there's all kinds of extremes from purely humanitarian to purely capitalistic. There are no rules as to who can participate. Anybody can go out and try to rally uh, people around, teach them about uh, BitShares, uh, Bitcoin, and the hero, and uh, get them involved in digital currencies. And of course, that's our hidden agenda, is to try to get the whole world moved over onto uh, honest money on a level playing field, as opposed to right now, a lot of people don't believe our money is honest or that the playing field is level. So uh, those solutions are out there with the BitShares platform, which is the only one that's in scale to handle all the world's transactions. And if we can get the world introduced to it, uh, we've made a big contribution to humanity right there. What's a bigger contribution to human prosperity than honest money and a level playing field. And so that Definitely. is that is our big motive. In addition to you know giving away a billion dollars to whatever people think are the big causes of the world and you know they don't have to be charities. They could be build a new dam on a river somewhere. You know, any kind of a big project someone might want to uh if they can get enough support for it. Uh you know, we're happy to show that the growth in a currency by a factor of a thousand doesn't just go to make a few early adopters rich. It can actually go 
to good humanitarian projects. And I just described the one we care about, which is honest money and a chance for 12 other uh, good causes to bubble to the top by the time uh, we get the kind of adoption I think we'll get from this campaign growing by a factor of 1,000 is going to be easy because we're stronger than Bitcoin and Ethereum, and we've got a better mechanism for attracting people to it. And so I consider it a foregone conclusion. Everybody in my company has a billion-dollar bonus pool that matches the billion hero prize. And members of the company get paid out of that pool when we achieve this objective. So we're all, all our incentives are aligned. The giveaway prize and the company bonus pool are matched sets. And uh, so everybody that works in our company is a passionate believer about making this happen. Very nice. And tell me about the, uh, the third initiative that we haven't discussed yet. Okay. This is the most audacious of all. If, I'm sure oh, yeah. you're aware the other of ones, that. The other ones weren't audacious at all. So, okay, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what we have done is is noticed, as everybody probably has in the Bitcoin field, that there was a big civil war. Maybe they've got it kind of solved now, but I still think it's possible that August 1st, uh, there's going to be a, a hard fork of Bitcoin, and we're going to wind up with two different Bitcoins. Uh, one is called Bitcoin Cash, and the other one is uh, basically Bitcoin Segwit. It'll keep the same name as Bitcoin. But those two spin off because they couldn't agree on some very simple procedures that might double or quadruple the throughput of Bitcoin. Okay? And with that precedent set of that it makes sense to disagree and go your separate ways, uh, if if you can't agree on how to improve a product. And when we see that Ethereum did that same thing, we now have Ethereum and Ethereum Classic splitting off because two groups of developers disagreed about how it should work. And so we said, well, wait a minute. If you're going to split Bitcoin over a lousy matter of a 2x or 4x gain in speed, and we're sitting here with technology that could upgrade Bitcoin to be tens or hundreds of thousands of transactions per second. And when EOS comes online next year, unlimited transactions per second, we could take all those people who hold Bitcoin and put them on a platform where they can grow to be the world's currency. Right now, they can't. They're saturated and they're not even 1% of the economy. Not, just no way that Bitcoin or Ethereum are going to scale. And we are offering a free upgrade to the Bitcoin community of using our real-time blockchain technology. Well, basically, everybody who holds a Bitcoin gets a new Bitcoin United coin that is running at light speed. And you know, we'll see which one wins out. Would slow traditional Bitcoin A or slow traditional Bitcoin B or fast Bitcoin, which we call Bitcoin United. And uh, the reason we call it that is because we don't want to see Bitcoin split. But once it splits, and by the way, we won't do this if it doesn't split. But once it splits, we view the game is open for us to offer a third alternative to reunite Bitcoin, because this will perform so much better than the other two options that over time, we think we can draw Bitcoin back together into that one solution. And we're not taking any of these coins for ourselves. We're simply 
giving everybody a fast Bitcoin that has a slow Bitcoin. And uh, that does not make people very happy out there because they say, wait a minute, Bitcoin is a a technology. Bitcoin has to have mining. Bitcoin has to have Satoshi's code in it, but or it's not Bitcoin. But we see that it's okay to modify Bitcoin by a couple percent uh, as these two changes that are happening this month uh, are doing. And to continue doing that incremental change for 100 years, at the end of 100 years, does anybody really think that Bitcoin's going to be using the same hardware or the same software or the same miners or the same developers? No. Every one of those 100 years from now will be completely different. So we have to ask people, then why can't we change them in 100 days? And uh, when when I ask it that way, they say, you're right. You know, you're just speeding up the process from 100 years to 100 days and giving us what we all want to have at the end of 100 years now. And so we are sitting here and we don't want to be the people that broke Bitcoin. So we're not going to offer it until somebody else breaks it by cloning it and making two of them. And as soon as that happens, we say, all right, now it's time to make our offer. Because what difference does it make whether there's two or three candidates? If Bitcoin has to go through all the churn of shaking out, uh, you know, what's going to be adopted like Ethereum just went through for the past year, why not use that opportunity to introduce a quantum leap forward? So that's our most audacious thing. And people will say, well, that'll never get adopted. (laughs) But I just told you about our Billion Hero Challenge, that is going to be attracting all kinds of people from the mainstream. And their first experience is going to be with fast Bitcoin. And so once we teach them about fast Bitcoin, uh, the question is, why will they want to go back to slow Bitcoin? So we think uh, that people that hear this uh, strategy and say, well, gee, initially, you know, maybe I can get a bunch of fast Bitcoins for pennies because nobody else, a lot of people that think Bitcoin cannot change might just dump their uh, fast Bitcoins. But that would be a big mistake because people would be scooping them up, knowing what's coming with our Billion Hero Challenge, and waiting for all those newcomers to learn about fast Bitcoin first. And there, I've told you all our audacious news. Yeah, no, I know everything. Yeah, last last question, I guess, in this vein. Um, you know, Bitcoin has the name recognition that's it's the original, it's the oldest. Do you think that the um, the potential fork coming um, is going to cause it to really stumble and lose its dominance? You know, what about Ethereum? What do you think will uh, possibly unseat these two kings of, uh, of crypto or maybe just Bitcoin? Uh, uh, no, they they will continue for a few years because of the massive market caps that they've built up and the name recognition and so on. But they're sort of boxed into a corner because we're going to go zooming past them. Uh, 1,000x growth uh, on BitShares over the next two years we'll put it at a market cap bigger than all the rest combined. So our audacious plan is to be number one uh, within two years. And I've told you all the reasons why we are. And so at that point, uh, by the way, at that point, EOS comes online, which has unlimited bandwidth, and uh, we will upgrade onto the EOS platform even before it's released uh, in its final version. So we will maintain our ability to scale to infinity. And the 
two current leaders uh, can't do that. And by the way, I'd like to challenge the definition of leader. Everybody says a leader is based on market cap. Uh, and that's a that's one axis, but think about another axis. Who is the leader in the industry in terms of technology? Who is the leader in terms of actual transactions processed today? I bet you didn't know this, but BitShares already holds the record for most transactions in a day. That is higher than the records for Bitcoin and Ethereum combined. Huh. So number one is depending on what you use as your metric. And having number one market cap is sort of a measure of the past. It's looking backward and said, who won the battle up to this point? But having the best technology and already having more people using your system, more transactions in a day than the other two combined, you can see the writing on the wall and why we're so bullish about saying, we're going to be the third company that does a 1,000x pop and that's because we got the best technology, we're processing the most transactions already, and we got the best PR campaign because we're going right after the masses, the people that don't have any interest in it. We're going to make them interested in it. And then we're going to be the one who teaches all those new people everything I just told you about today. Well, I'm glad to hear about all these initiatives. And uh, for someone so young as you, I could see why you're so ambitious, you know, when you when you get a little bit older, you get more tempered in your uh, in your ambition. But uh, I'm just kidding. Well, yesterday my son turned 35, so I'll let you do the math on how old I am. And uh, yeah, so yeah. I'm not I'm not exactly a spring chicken, but I am enthusiastic. Hey, you know what? I like to see that because in this space, it seems like everyone's extremely young. You know, 20s, 30s, and the you know it's 40, 50 year olds are rare, and then older than that, really rare. Um, again, not saying how old you are or anything, but uh, it's really cool to see that you're you're still excited about this and pumped about it. And um, I think your voice is very important to have, again, amidst all the youngsters that are in this. <laughs> yeah, I do tend to stand out a little bit at uh, Bitcoin conferences, but uh, yeah. uh, we do have uh, a nice young team of people doing things. My job is just to uh, sit back and think of what might be. and write about it and talk about it. So that's what I'm doing now. Well, very good. So how can uh, folks and listeners uh, find out more about EOS and BitShares and uh, you know, look at Steemit and, and get a better idea of what's going on with everything? Well, uh, let's start with the newest first. Uh, EOS.io is where you can find out about unlimited scalability. Uh, Steemit.com is the social media website where I publish uh, most of my work. Just go to my blog there, which is Steemit.com slash at sign Stan. And then you can go to SovereignHero.com to hear all the details about our new hero coin and the, all the things we plan to do with it. Uh, there will be one more, which is called Billion Hero Campaign that will be coming online in about a week. And that's where we'll, everyone will go to play the, the hero campaign game and to meet all the celebrities that we'll be bringing online there uh, over the coming months. Well, very good. Well, Stan, thanks so much. You've got a, a ton to say. I know we can't cover everything, but I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Well, it's been my pleasure. Enjoy talking to you. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. 
If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.